thank you for listening to Simple Church, where we love God, love others, and serve our world. Tune in today for a life-changing message from our lead pastor, Tom Allen. Children are a real blessing and a real gift from God. But one thing about babies is they aren't perfect. They're messy. They're smelly. They're quite demanding. And, and babies can be disobedient little beings, you know? It's amazing. I, 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 I'll, I've talked to a lot of parents, and when that baby gets around one, it's just amazing how they start saying to you, no. Huh? And, and you think, how can that little thing that we just gave life to say no to us? A famous comedian once said, when my children do that, he said, I look at them and I say, we made you, we can take you out and make another one of you, you know? <laughs> and uh, uh, it, it just, you wonder, how can they be so disobedient at times? And the Bible puts it this way in Romans chapter 3, verses 10 through 12. He says, no one is righteous, not even one. No one is truly wise. No one is seeking God. All have turned away. All have become useless. No one does good, not a single one. And, and, and what's amazing is that none of us, when we have our babies, and we love them and we're so thankful for them and they are a gift from God, but none of us ever look at them and say, you know, my son could be a drug addict or an alcoholic, or my daughter could be pregnant before she gets married. Or my child may be bulimic or rebellious or violent or suicidal. We never think that. We think, oh, God has given us this gift and he's going to bless this gift. And yet the Bible is very clear that after children come to a certain age, they start making their own choices of right or wrong. And they do it with knowledge. And they can choose right or they can choose wrong. And so on Mother's Day, what we usually do is we tell you moms how wonderful you are. We're not going to do that today because you already know that, all right? The kids have said that to you over and over and over again. We love you, mom. We love you, mom. We love you, mom. So I thought for a different kind of approach to Mother's Day, I would like to talk with you about something that many moms, if not most all moms, face somewhere as we're trying to raise up fathers also, as we're trying to raise up our children. And that is the area of... Rebellion. It's an amazing thing how many stories I hear of, of families that have children who go off into rebellion. I saw that in our son, in our precious little daughter who's better than any of your children, okay? I saw that in our daughter, rebellion. I remember those times, okay? And, um, and so what I wanted to do today was to hear some encouraging words from God about how you deal with rebellion, if it ever comes into your family, if it ever affects your children, your home. The first thing that God would say to us, I think, as parents, period, is I understand parental pain. I understand it. You see, his children were the nation of Israel. And that nation of people became very rebellious against him. They would obey at times, and he'd bless them uh, much of the time. They didn't care what he said. They went off and did their own thing. 
And we read in Isaiah chapter 1, verses 2 through 3, God is speaking to Israel here through Isaiah. Here's what he says. Listen, O heavens. Pay attention, earth. This is what the Lord says. The children I raised and cared for have rebelled against me. Even an ox knows its owner, and a donkey recognizes its master's care. But Israel doesn't know its master. My people don't recognize my care for them. And I mean, if there's anyone that's perfect, it's God. He's the perfect father. And yet this perfect father had children who continued to rebel against him. So the first thing I think God would say to parents is, I understand parental pain. I understand when your children don't do what they ought to do, what you've trained them to do, what you've modeled for them to do, how you've wanted them and encouraged them to live. The, the second thing that's encouraging is this. He says, here is how you deal with a rebellious child. Here's how you deal with him. Now, before I, I go into that, I want to just say, we, we have these children and we raise them, and there are those periods where you just don't know what to do with them. You find yourself saying, what now? You know? Oh, my perfect, what now? What am I going to do now? And God says, here's how you deal with anyone who's a rebel, but also your children if they ever become rebellious. And we find it in that beautiful story over in Luke chapter 15, where he's talking about the son that went away, called the lost son, but it's the prodigal son. Let me read you a little bit of it. It says in verses 11 through 13, to illustrate the point further, Jesus told them this story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. In other words, I want it now. Give it to me. I want it all. Okay? Can't wait for you to kick off. I want it now. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, the younger son packed all of his belongings and moved to a distant land, and there he wasted all of his money in wild living. Now, every time you see a rebellious person or a rebellious child, there are always three common characteristics in that person's life. The first one is this. Increasingly, they are self-centered. They're saying, this is what I want to do. I don't care what you say. It's all about me. That's the first characteristic of a rebel. Secondly, they think they know all the answers. Mom and dad are stupid. They're so old fuddy-duddy. They don't understand. I know how to do this. The third characteristic of a rebel is this. They demand immediate gratification. Give me my share of the estate and give it to me now. I want it now. It's all about me. You don't know what you're doing. I do. Give it to me now. Reminds me of a father who had a son who had long hair, and the father hated the long hair. And uh, the son came to him, and he said, Dad, I'm 16 now, and all my friends in school have cars. I want a car. And his dad said, uh, until you get your hair cut, don't even come and talk to me about a car. 
And the kid said, but dad, Jesus had long hair. And the dad said, yes, but Jesus walked everywhere he went. <laughs> the prodigal son had to learn some lessons. And I think it's very important uh, because he went off and he wasted all that he had. And he ended up feeding the pigs. And he was a Jewish boy. You're not supposed to be doing that. He ended up, even because of the famine in the land, eating what the pigs were eating. And finally, he comes to his senses. And he realizes his life is totally messed up. Now, that young man was hurting and I will tell you, before a rebel, almost always before a rebel will come to their senses, because as I've said so many times to you, rebels aren't in their right mind. When you're in rebellion, you're out of your right mind. That's the reason when you get out of rebellion and you come back home, you say, what was I thinking? What was wrong with me? That was so dumb. Well, the reason is because when we're in rebellion, we can't see. I was talking with a young man uh, this week, and he's had some rebellion and some struggles with it. And so I showed him the lesson today, what, we were, what we're studying right now. And I showed him those three characteristics, and I said to him, I said, you know, because he's trying to get out of this rebellion, and he's trying to learn how to live life right. And, and I said, what, you know, do you see these things? He says, those are the three exact things I struggle with. Rebellion. And I said, you know why? Because when you're doing that, you're blind. You don't understand. That's hurting you. Now, the thing is, though, it doesn't just hurt the rebel. It really hurts the parents. You know why? Because most of us parents, when our children do something that's wrong or rebel or really mess up, we say, oh, my goodness, what did I do wrong? How did I mess up in raising these children? Now, parents can always do things better, but just like we can't take all the credit if our kids turn out right, we can't take all the blame if our kids struggle. We've got to understand that. Rebels are always blind, and until God opens their eyes and enables them to realize, my goodness, I'm in a pig pen right now. I'm going down instead of up. What is wrong with my head? I want to go home until God through Christ works in their lives and brings them that attitude. They're not going to come home. So with that in mind, and I've shown this to you before, so if, if you remember it, uh, just act interested if you would. Try to stay awake, okay? But I want to give you the five biblical things of how we deal with a rebel. Now, I think these are important. I think we need to hear these at least once a month because we'll forget them. There's a biblical step that you do in dealing with a rebel. The first thing you do is you love them with an unconditional love. You love them with an, no matter what you ever do, my son, my daughter, no matter what mess you ever get in, no matter how much you mess up your life, I want you to know that will never change one iota, my love for you. Let me show you what the verse says, Luke 15, 20. It says, when that boy started coming home, filled with love and compassion, the father ran to his son. He embraced him, and he kissed him. And here's this rebel who had wasted all of his inheritance. He finally came to his senses and came back home. The father was there. He was waiting there. He kissed him. 
He hugged him. He put a robe on his son. He put sandals on his feet. Put a ring on his finger. He killed a fatted calf, and they had a party celebration. My son who was lost, <laughs> he's come home. He's come home. My son who was blind, now he can see. He's come home. So the first thing you do, you never stop loving that child with unconditional love. The second thing is you give them as much truth as they can handle at any given point. Because rebels can only take so much truth, but you give them as much and then you shut up. Okay? And no doubt that father, when the kid said, I want my inheritance, he probably said, son, I'll give it to you if that's what you insist on, but I want you to know, please don't waste it. Please don't abuse it. It'll end up hurting you. He gave him as much truth as he could handle. Then the third thing is, and this is so important, you never compromise your convictions. It's all important that when we have any kind of a contact or dealing with a rebel, we can't compromise our convictions to try to please them. So many parents, well, whatever you want, son, we'll do this. We'll even break some of our rules. To... No, no, you can't do that. Because you see, when a rebel goes away from home, they will somewhere end up in a pig pen, and they will come to their senses. And when they do, they've got to have some place to go back to to get some more truth. And if you as parents, if I, my wife and I as parents, if we compromise our convictions to try to keep our kids happy, then when they come back, they're going to go to somebody else. They're not going to come to us because they're going to say, hey, I didn't find any truth there. You guys were just doing whatever we wanted. We've got to have something that's going to help us figure out how to live our lives. So you never compromise your convictions. First, unconditional love. Second, as much truth as they'll take. Third, never compromise your convictions. Then fourth, you let them know that you are always welcome, my child, to come home. The door is open to you, but I am not going to be running after you. If you choose to leave after I've given you all the truth I can and shown you how much I love you and set the right example before you, if you choose to leave, then you go. I'm not going to run after you, but I do want you to know, if and when you're ready to come home, you will find a welcome, the door will be open, and our arms will be ready to receive you. And it's very important that, that, that we do that, and I, I'm going to tell you why. Because of the fifth point, but before we do that, let me show you a couple of verses of Scripture. Galatians 6, 9 says, So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. In other words, we have enduring prayer. We really pray for that child. Child's off in riotous living, wicked living somewhere. Well, keep praying, keep believing, keep praying, keep believing, keep looking. Coming home? Nope, keep praying. Coming home? Nope, keep praying. And you wait on the Lord. You pray and you wait on the Lord to work in their lives. Because I'll tell you, if they go off... In rebellion, they're going to end in a pit. Something's not going to work right. It's not going to fit. And so you keep praying. And I love Luke 15, 20. It says, so he returned home to his father. And when he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. And what that says is that father loved that kid. He was ready to receive him, but he wasn't running after him. Now, that leads us to the fifth step. And the fifth step is this. And this is the hardest one. 
You release your child to God and life and let God and life knock them silly against the school of hard knocks. Because you see, there's two ways to learn truth. One of those ways, welcome. Good to see you. I know I shouldn't say anything, but Bailey, nice to see you. Um, Everyone's looking at you because you walked in, okay? So there's Trisha and her children. And the, <laughs> Hi, everyone. Hi, Trisha. <laughs> we start at 10 o'clock, Trisha. No. <laughs> I know we need to. <laughs> okay. So the fifth step again, remember, is you release your child to God and life and let God and life knock them silly. Because it will. Now, what is the purpose? So we get even with that rebellious snot kid of mine? No. So that that kid will understand I'm blind. And I need to come home. That's exactly what happened to the prodigal. It brought him home. And uh, he was welcomed by his father. Well, that's the, the story of how you... Deal with a prodigal, with a rebel. When it comes to that, now what? That's now what? That's what you do. But do you know what's interesting about that story? That story is not really just about that prodigal son. That story really, the whole moral of it, is that God is the heavenly father, and we are the runaways. We are the rebels. You know, how prone is our heart, the inner core of our being, our will? How prone are we to go off and do our own thing? I know what's better than God does. I know he, he, he's, he's old. He's in his rocking chair with his beard up there. And he's, you know, I know what to do. This is 2019. Come on. Yeah. We are the rebels so often. And uh, we're self-centered, we're self-willed, we want immediate gratification, we think we know it all, we think we can live this life by ourselves. I can make this happen, you watch. Pull another trick out of my bag of tricks, I'll make it happen. <laughs> Some of you here today may know that... Uh, Maybe you're heading to the pig pen, or maybe you're uh, in a pig pen, or um, maybe you've had enough pig food and you want to come home. Well, I want you to know you have a father who loves you with unconditional love. And he has all the truth in the, the, that we need in this world to be able to live the life that is blessed and all that he wanted it to be rather than messed up by rebellion and disobedience and selfishness. And he will never compromise his convictions because he loves us. He says, this is the way. Walk in it. It will bless you. You go off on your own way, then get ready to eat some pig food. And what's so beautiful about God? <laughs> he never leaves us. He never forsakes us. And he's always standing there with his arms saying, hey, come to me. Come to me. And we may say, no, I don't want to. No. <laughs> yeah. But when we're ready, he's right there. Come. 
I'll put a robe on you. <laughs> a robe of righteousness if you come to me. I'll put a ring on you, a sign of ownership and a family ship and kinship, power. I'll throw a party. The Bible says every time a person comes to God, there's a party in heaven. There's a rejoicing in heaven. See, that's the kind of father we have. And he wants us to know him and to love him. If there's an area of rebellion in your life or in my life today, God says, please, my child, come on. Let's get this straightened out. If today you're here and you have never, ever really come into a personal relationship with your Father in heaven, then he's waiting. I mean, he couldn't do any more than send his son and his son die and pay the penalty for our sin and then raise him from the grave and, and then send his spirit to live in our lives so we know how to have the power of God to live this life. He couldn't do any more. All he says is, come to me. Will you believe in me? Will you believe that I love you and that I've done everything that heaven could do to make a way to forgive you of any kind of sinfulness in your life? to forgive you of your sinfulness, and to make you right in my sight through the blood and through the life and the death and the resurrection of my son, Jesus Christ. He's ready. All we have to do is come to our senses and come home. Let me show you a prayer. Uh, it's a prayer kind of of saying, yeah, that's what I want. That's what I want. Jesus, I'm coming home. Forgive me. Change me. Make me brand new. I surrender to you. I know I'm guilty and need forgiveness. I believe Jesus died for me so I could live for you. Jesus, save me. Fill me with your spirit so I can live for you. And thank you for your open arms and for your new life. I belong to you forever. Amen. I'd like for us to bow our heads and close our eyes. If you're here today and you know that you've been rebelling against God, maybe you know through family or people praying for you or through the lives of others or the witness of others, whatever it may be, you know that you need to ask the Lord to forgive you and come and live in your life. I just want you to know he's ready today if you are. And from the inner depth of your heart, if you can say this with all sincerity, God, I need you. Father, I need your forgiveness through Christ. Then I'd like to encourage you. That prayer that's up on the screen, I'd like to encourage you just to lift up your eyes and, and in your heart, between you and God, just pray that prayer and mean it. He promises, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved. So if you'd like to ask him to forgive you of your rebellion and your sinfulness and to not only come to live in your life as your, his Savior, but then to lead you and guide you to all he has for you, then use these 30 seconds just to pray that prayer in your heart to the Lord.
Father, I thank you for every person here today, and especially for those who have had the privilege of being a mother. And I pray that you'll bless all of us, Lord, and help us to learn from your word and from all that you've promised and done for us how to live these lives the way you want. We love you. We yield to you. Thank you for those who today prayed and asked you to come into their life. Pray that you'll help us to know how to stand by each other and really grow and mature in our faith. Guide the rest of our time together this morning. Thank you for this Mother's Day. May it be a great celebration for all. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. If you're new or want to know more about our Simple Church family, you can visit us online at simple.church or by downloading our Simple.Church app.